For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. So today is a remarkable, auspicious day in all of East Asian Buddhism, wherever it spread, even Chicago, even Mexico and Canada. Today is celebrated as Shakyamuni Buddha's Awakening Day. 2,500 years ago, more or less, today or someday like it, Sathagatama sat down under a tree. He was concerned about the suffering of the world. There were wars even back then. He was concerned about the suffering of the world. Wanted to understand, feel how to overcome and respond and settle with the reality of suffering. The first noble truth is that he, he taught later is that there is uh, dukkha, suffering, dissatisfaction, unease, whatever, however you want to translate it. And this was the first noble truth. It's a noble truth because we can sit and face it. When we face the wall, we are facing the world the whole world, everything, including all the stuff within this body-mind, all of everything. And At some point he looked up and saw the morning star, Venus, and something happened, as they say, and he touched the ground, he sat on the earth and he touched the ground, and an unsurpassed, complete, perfect awakening arose in his body, mind, and in all the beings nearby, and in the whole world around him, and the whole universe. It's not that it wasn't there before, but he deeply realized it. 
So later in the 1200s, A.A. Dogen, the founder of our Japanese part of our lineage, our branch of Buddhism, of awakening, uh, also said that um, the main point is just to respond to suffering, to the suffering of people in the world and, uh, and in our own body-mind, and to bring joy. So today's a joyful day. We sit silently and quietly here on the third day of our first Rohatsu Sashin, since 2019. And it looks very serious and somber. But really, the point is just to play in the fields of awakening. To witness this body-mind, this sangha, all sanghas, to support each other, to uh, see how, to ask the question of how to respond to the suffering of the world. And to do that uprightly. There are lots of stories about what happened next. One story from the wondrous flower ornament of the Tamsaka Sutra, which we've been reading for an hour and a half each month for three years. I don't know, two thirds, three quarters, we're, we're on the way. Um, and uh, the story, this one story goes that he spent 49 days just settling into and enjoying this, this teaching. And at the end of that, he felt like well, nobody's going to get this. <laughs> nobody's going to understand this. And if you read the Flower and the Sutra, it's, there's no instruction, there's no techniques, there's no, it's just an unfolding, an explosion of wonderment at how deep and wonderful reality is, in spite of, in, in context of, how do we take care of it? How do we take care of this world, this body, this mind? How do we take care of each other? But then he was persuaded to uh, share this with other beings. And then he, then he started with the four, four noble truths, truth of suffering, the truth of cause of suffering, trying to grab the things we want. The truth that there's an end to this, that we can enjoy 
Ethan, this is a full moon. And then the Eightfold Path, which was the beginning of his description of well, how do we do this? You know? And then there was the precepts and the, and the, and the practices and, and this teaching expanded through Asia over centuries. Somehow, through the kindness and dedication of Suzuki Roshi, it even came to California in modern times. So, we've been looking at this. Soto Zen expression of what it was that Buddha saw and taught and, and appreciated in this text from the great disciple of our great founder in Japan, Eihei Dogen. So we've been playing with the Womb of radiance, samadhi, settling into this sitting in awareness and breathing the air of this settlement into radiance. The primordial the inconceivable, the ultimate, our sponsor, the background of all of this, that we can get some taste of communion with. We had a wonderful discussion yesterday afternoon here, inspired by Asian's question about oh, what What's the use of this? <laughs> or all of this, all of this talk about <laughs> what? Radiance. What good is it? How does it help all of the difficulties in our world? So Kohen of Dogen's disciple wrote this down. He also wrote down a lot of Dogen's teachings for us. He listened to Dogen deeply. So I'm just going to take a few passages from the excerpt that we're chanting in the evening that Dogen's have pulled from this wonderful text. Just as a way of looking at, well, what's the point of this? How do we... Commune with this wonderful event, this awakening of Buddha, this reality that he awakened to. And it's important to say that when Buddha had this great awakening, 
touched the ground and the earth witnessed to him. That wasn't the end of it. <laughs> so, I don't like this word enlightenment try and say awakening, because that's what Bodhi means. It's not something you can get. It's not something you can figure out, or decipher, or understand, or deeply experience even. It's just being awake. Good morning. Here we are. But Buddha spent 40 or 45 years, must count, um, talking about this because people kept asking, coming and asking him, well, what's it all about? And uh, so we have this huge body of teachings. And they're all wonderful, each in their own way. Anyway. <clears throat> so, part of what Koanejo wrote Kind of inspired by Dogen writing a little bit about this uh, samadhi of radiance. Koenigio said, I humbly say to people who are real seekers, who have the same aspiration, do not cling to one device or one state, one technique, one awareness. Do not rely on intellectual understanding or brilliance. And then do not carry around what you learn by sitting. When we sit, we just sit. Sometimes it's called just sit. We sit and we bathe in this reality that is here even amid all of the horrors and atrocities in our world. In response to them in some way. Koenigio continued, plunge body and mind into the great treasury of radiance without looking back. Sit grandly under the eaves. Sit grandly in this hall or wherever you are out there on the beginnings. Without seeking awakening, without trying to get rid of illusion, without aversion to the arising of thoughts. So don't try and get rid of thoughts and feelings, please. But how do we Respond to them. How do we enjoy them? How do we let them go or come back? Or maybe they won't for a little while. Maybe you'll have this experience that is available. Just being present with the humming wonder of reality. Undeterred by the sounds of the cars driving by. Undeterred by aches and pains in our knees or our backs or whatever. The 
Swamiji said later, Rampa and play in samadhi. That doesn't mean you have to wiggle around or jump around or anything. Just here it is, sitting calmly. Amid the turbulence of thoughts and feelings occasionally, or even frequently. And as I said, say in the morning, enjoy your inhale and exhale. Our breathing is a wonderful conduit to this amazing wonder. It just said, outgoing breath and incoming breath, the essence of hearing and the essence of feeling without conscious knowledge or subjective discrimination are utterly shining light, shining radiance, in which body and mind are one suchness. So, you know, we're trained, we have this habit of discriminating, of seeing this and that and good and bad and you know, all, all of the different distinctions that are human-type Consciousness is good at making. And that keeps going on, you know. That's it's lunch, it's dinner, it's light, it's dark, you know. All, all we make these distinctions. And yet we don't need to um, well we don't need to grasp after them. This shining radiance in which body and mind are one suchness. It's right here. We don't have to do anything about it. You know? I mean, all of us here in this room and at home and on the internet actually made a point of showing up. <laughs> so thank you. Here we are. How wonderful. It's wonderful assembly. You could be out doing all kinds of other things, I'm sure. <laughs> but here we are. Kohanejo continues, therefore, when called, there is an immediate response. This is, this is really important. Call and response, like we do in the Bodhisattva Precept Remembrance Ceremony. Somebody calls out teaching or precept or name of a Buddha or Bodhisattva or whatever, and we respond. Hey, Mike. Didn't visibly respond, but I'm sure <laughs> some part of it <laughs> responded. So, you know, this business of how do we take care of the world, how do we take care of responding to all of the difficulties and suffering in our life and in our world, it's a matter of this kind of response, an appropriate response. And there's no easy way to figure that out. 
So, you know, the point of hearing about this wondrous settling, smadhi, of the womb of radiance is just to connect with that and to, you know, Sukhiroshi said, we're, we're all continuously losing our balance against the background of perfect balance. So, Sashin, Zazen is a time to just kind of connect to this um, background, the primordial, the inconceivable, the radiant. You know, whatever we say about it, isn't it? <laughs> That's just our talk. But something, something, something serves us in the background and serves all beings in the background. And we forget it and we get into hassling about this or that and end up with wars, horrible things. But it's still there, even when we forget it. Using our balance against the background of perfect balance. So, therefore, when called, there is an immediate response. And the great Chinese master Yunmen said, all of Buddha's teaching is just about an appropriate response. What's the way of responding to whatever present situation that is helpful? Appropriate means what is helpful. And we struggle with this, and we don't know. There's no instruction manual for this. It comes out of this deep, primordial, Conceivable radiant reality. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't look like it's helping at all. And we all know that we're in the midst of climate chaos and mass extinctions, and this world is changing. This world is, our reality is in transformation. How do we continue to? Pay attention, maintain awareness to what we can see in our field of awareness. Keep awakening like Shakyamuni Buddha did every day. This is the radiance, Konejo says, in which the ordinary and the sage, the deluded and the awakened are one suchness. So all those distinctions we make between whatever Palestinians and Israelis or you know, whatever you want to, oil barons and environmentalists, how do we support wholesomeness, helpfulness with all these distinctions? This is the radiance in which the ordinary and the sage the deluded and the awakened are one suchness. Even in the midst of activity, it is not hindered by activity. So we sometimes wonder what's what's the use of all this stuff we're doing. And, you know, this wonderful song they hear, ancient dragon Zenge, that you are all one with. You no. Know, uh, 
many beings here are doing all kinds of wonderful things to help. Doctors and lawyers and social workers and chaplains and martial arts teachers and anyone. Therapists. Now, how do we each find our way, our part in expressing this samadhi of the womb of radiance? How do we share it in a way that we can alleviate the suffering, bring joy to the world? And, you know, and often when we are working to do that, it doesn't look like anything useful is happening. But each little pool of awakened communities, food district, otherwise, sends out ripples in the world. It's true. When people come and go, and uh, sometimes in our song, the people we haven't seen in a while show up again. So, even in the midst of activity, Kohanetra says, it is not hindered by activity. The forest and flowers, the grasses and leaves, people and animals, great and small, long and short, square and round, all appear at once without depending on all the discriminations of your thoughts and intention. This is here. Always, it's available. How do we commune with it? How do we find it as a resource for our lives? For our world? For our enjoyment? So just a little bit more from Kohanesho. He says about this, this radiance, this inconceivable wonder, it is not more in Buddhism, not less in ordinary beings. This is the reality of Dharmakaya Buddha, of the awakened reality of everything. When you die, the light is not extinguished. It is not more in Buddhism, not less in ordinary beings, it is not lost in confusion. So, of course, we all at times get confused, make mistakes. And it's not awakened by awakening. It was there before we were partaking of awakening. It has no location, no appearance, no name. It's simply the totality of everything. That's hard to believe. <laughs> if we start thinking about it, oh, what? That's rubbish. <laughs> what? It's the totality of everything? 
Bona Jodan says it cannot be grasped, it cannot be rejected, it cannot be attained. While unattainable and inconceivable, it is in effect throughout the entire being of the whole universe. So this is what we're kind of playing with, settling into this session, and wondering about it, questioning it, and what's it all about, how is it helpful? And those are all appropriate questions. And how, what is our response to the call of this wall of radiance? And it's different each day. Maybe it's different with each breath. It's different with each of us. And yet here we are doing it in communion. So, uh, we have a little more time and I'm, for the people here in Sashin in the room or online, we'll have a, some discussion this afternoon. But if anybody has some comment or response or question or reflection to share, as the kitchen leaves to help feed us lunch, please feel free. Online or in person, Andy Jerry, you can help me see people here. And David Ray, you can help me see people online. And how do we enjoy this? How do we play with this? How do we inhale it? In some ways, there's not really much to say about it. With all these discourses and all the whatever. How many pages is the other concept of David? 1600, something like Sounds that. Sounds funny. Yeah. Query translation. All those words. And our job in Sashin is just to uh, open up to it, to settle into it, maybe to question it, to respond to this possibility of this primordial and conceivable radiance. <laughs> 